0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to this week's New World Kirtan podcast. It's Thursday, May 25th, 2017. I'm Kitsi Stern, and I produce the podcast as an act of love and service to our global Kirtan family. It's also an audio journal of my spiritual journey through the practice of singing and playing Kirtan. Well, it has taken longer than I planned to release this podcast. Jai and I recorded it right before Thanksgiving. And the election had just happened. Oh! <laughs> oh my God. My, my kitten is in here. She snuck in without me looking at her. You want to say... I didn't know you were in here. You want to say hello, Leela? Hmm? Want to say hello? Boy, Leela is... If <laughs> Leela means divine play. She is certainly a divine player. I have never had a cat that plays as much as this one does. She is a beautiful little creature and we're having so much fun with her, but I don't think she can stay in here. I'll let her stay for a little bit, but if she gets too crazy, I'm going to take her out. So anyways, you can tell I have a really horrible cold, but I didn't want to delay this podcast any longer because I'd like you to have it for Memorial Day. So anyway, what was I saying? The election... Oh yeah, so the election had just happened, and, you know, it was really sort of funny and strange to hear us talking about it, because so much has happened since then. These days, all my spare energy is focused on mainly two things—physical therapy to get my body functioning the way it should, and narrating a most wonderful audiobook called SID by Anita Fang. It's written in prose, and it's the story of Siddhartha with several unusual twists. But first, the physical therapy. (laughs) I have a whole new respect for the profession, so if you're a physical therapist, I salute you. If you've had physical therapy, I now feel your pain. (laughs) It is really hard work to strengthen and repattern muscles. It requires a lot of mental and physical energy and it's exhausting. (laughs) No, that's the end of you. Okay. Now yeah, it's time for you to go out, darling. All right. The good news is that the hard work is finally paying off. Um, I now have glimpses of what will be possible in the not-so-distant future, and it's inspiring me to stay with it. I've also again started the practice of chanting the Hanuman Chalisa, and my favorite version by Krishna Das is in this week's set. My other obsession these days is the audiobook I'm narrating. It's called Sid, by Zen master Anita Fang, and it's the story of Siddhartha told in two parallel storylines, traditional and contemporary. It's told from many perspectives and with a companion cast of animal and other characters. It's also written in prose. It's, It's really quite unique. I look forward to every narration session because they're really a treat. It's an honor to have the opportunity to bring Anita's beautiful words and characters to life. And when it's finished, I'll let you know so that you can go and listen if you want. It's a beautiful experience. The book is just a beautiful experience. You can find it on Amazon. And as always, there is such deep appreciation and thanks for the donations you've been making, you guys. Donations not only let me know you're out there listening, but that you care enough about the podcast to support it. I'm now contemplating how to raise some funds because I have this big idea. I'd like to focus on local Kirtan communities. Where are you? How did you start? How are you managing your community? I have a couple of communities I'd like to start with. Atlanta comes to mind. Um, But back to the fundraising, part of the big idea is to buy an RV and travel around the country visiting communities with Kirtan groups and featuring them on the podcast. Community is the heart of Kirtan. And I'd love to let you know how the heart of kirtan is beating strongly in communities around the country and around the world. Bermuda, for example, has a rocking kirtan community. So does Australia. This big dream is what I'm focusing on when I'm doing my physical therapy exercises, because this is something that is worth getting strong for. So if you have a local kirtan community, please let me know about it. You can email me at info, info, at newworldkirtan.com and tell me about it. Perhaps your story will inspire others to start a Kirtan community in their town, and I'd love to tell your story, so please let me know. So, as I said earlier, this interview with Jai was recorded last November, before my life went tilt, and it was right after the election, so we talked politics when we weren't talking about Hanuman. But don't worry, I've edited most of that out. Hanuman, as you can imagine, is a really deep subject, and we barely scratched the surface here. But the good news is that has agreed to do another um, interview about the Ramayana, so that's the next one that we're going to be doing. He is such a great storyteller, and that's one of the components of his wonderful summer kirtan camp. So if you're looking for a blast of bhakti and a lot of fun, his summer kirtan camp is August 8th through the 13th in Fairfax, California. It's definitely on my wish list for one of these days. And by the way, if you haven't heard Jai's new CD, Roots Rock Rama, you really should. It's great. I'll put a link to purchase it at the website. It's spring and that makes me happy. I hope the same with you. And John DeCotta is coming tomorrow to play for our Kirtan community and that's making me happy too. I'm now going out to plant some new perennials in the garden to affirm life in one of the spaces that I care most about. The spinal surgery has radically altered my self-definition and it has focused my life in ways I never thought possible. I'm still working it all out. Thanks for being with me on this journey. Until next time, dear friends, Namaste. Okay. <laughs> so today I'm always so happy to have Jay Utah on the show. He's great to talk to you about just about everything related to bhakti yoga and um and politics and politics, uh, and politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were just talking about the election of course but um but anyway so today i've asked him to come on the show to talk to us about hanuman and um hanuman he is really special in my devotion and he to me he represents. The avatar of, of selfless service. But I know that there is so much more to uh, to Hanuman than that. And so, Jai, welcome to the show. And I'm looking forward to you telling us all about Hanuman.
1: Uh, thank you, Kitsi. It's an <laughs> honor to be on your show. Um, uh, I have to do a disclaimer there's no way I could tell you all about Hanuman. I know what I know about Hanuman is just completely the tip of the iceberg um what comes to mind like first of all just tops in my head is that maharaji neemkroli baba who many people consider an incarnation of hanuman but we'll leave that one to the side for a minute but but you know people are always we're always coming to him and saying i want a vision of hanuman i want to see hanuman and maharaji said if you saw hanuman even for a a a millisecond you will be burnt to a crisp because his because his effulgence is so so bright wow um so you know um well whenever anyone says they're an expert about well just about anything but in this case about the deities of the vedic ancient tradition none of us are experts except for the the sages and the saints and the seers who actually have had the vision where they didn't burn up and where they actually see and know god but let's let's go back and let me tell you a little bit about hanuman's origins okay and um the the story of Hanuman is intrinsically linked, of course, to the Ramayana, the the great epic uh, of God coming to earth as Rama to defeat the demon Ravana. And I should say as God as as Maha Vishnu coming to earth as Rama and Maha Lakshmi his eternal consort coming consort coming to earth as Sita. And um, you know we read and we hear and we study the ramayana and and it's such an amazing story it's like it's like beyond gothic story of 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 good versus evil of love of of pain of separation of loss it's really an amazing story and and it can and is and should be appreciated on every level both from level of you know just uh, excitement and enjoyment and, and inspiration to the level of um, metaphor, to the, to the side of it, which is absolute pure history um, that happened and continues to happen on alternate uh, parallel universes. So, uh, and, and then back to the source of that always comes to the, to the, to the question, like, well, why did all this happen? Um, it, it, since God controls, as Bob Dylan said in one of his great songs, every grain of sand. How is it that uh, uh, a man such as Ravana was, was able to achieve such power to almost to destroy all the universes and and force Lord Narayan Hari to to incarnate as Rama and and this brings us back to the, the place of complete non-knowing, that why does God's lila occur as it does occur? And, um, you know, a thousand people will give you a thousand answers, but I think I prefer to stay in the place of, well, I don't know the reason God acts. So, Okay. So Ra- so, Ravana, he prays to Lord Shiva and he does so much penance. He becomes a yogi, and he achieves mastery in all the yogic cities. Actually, Kitsy, I think this is might be a two-episode. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking the same thing because yeah. But that's
2: okay. That's
1: <laughs> okay. And so Ravana, you know, he has ten heads and twenty arms, and and he is becomes blessed with immortality and. And Shiva asks him, what boon do you want? And Ravana, in his arrogance, says, I want to be immortal, but, like no gods can kill me, no no creatures of, of, of spirit, no nobody from the underworld could kill me, no demigods can kill me, and he goes down this long, long list. No animals can kill me, um, but in his arrogance, he forgets to mention humans because like, why, how could he even be bothered? No human could possibly kill him. So he starts to, and Shiva says, it shall be so. So he starts his conquest of all the civilizations, all the universes, all the planets. And things are getting really, really, really bad. And so all the gods go go to Brahma, the creator and say, you know, it's all going to be over really soon if 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 we don't get help. What are we going to do? So Brahma goes to Narayan, Lord Vishnu. So anyway, so Brahma didn't have to go very far. And he said, Narayan, Lord Hari, Vishnu, please awaken from your slumber. The entire universe is about to be destroyed by Ravana. We need you to incarnate once again. So... Vishnu says, certainly, you know, there's not even a, an iota of ambivalence because he is the preserver. He is the one who has to save the worlds. So he, he immediately descends to earth as Rama, baby, little blue skinned baby, with four, I mean, with, with three brothers, one, um, two younger twins and one slightly younger brother. And, and Mahalakshmi says, well, Whither thou goest, I goest with you. She immediately descends to earth as as Sita, the little baby, baby girl. So anyway, um, there's also Mount Kailash, which is right, um, you know, it's in Tibet now, I guess, which would, you would call China. And, and it's, I've never been there, but people make, you know, it's one of the most important, biggest pilgrimage places in the world that people mm. go to. Mm. Um, so there is the. Because it is the abode of Lord Shiva, mm-hmm. and there's the earthly kailash and there's the heavenly kailash. So up there in the heavenly kailash, Lord Shiva was sitting uh, in his eternal meditation, and he was watching this happen. And Lord Shiva is 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 the the greatest of all devotees of of Vishnu. You know, Lord Shiva worships Vishnu, and and simultaneously, Vishnu worships Shiva. The you know, there's so many times in the Ramayana, in the in the story of Rama, where Rama prays and 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 offers makes offerings to Shiva to help him um, in different aspects of the story. And at the same time, anyone who who uh, a devout Hindu who is about to die goes to. Banaras, Varanasi, which is the city abode of Shiva. And they want to die in Varanasi because at the moment of death, Shiva comes to them and whispers in their ear, Rama. Hmm. So there's so much um, devotion back and forth. So anyway, Shiva's up there on Mount Kailash, and he sees Vishnu come down as Rama, and he says, I, I want to I help. I want to help my lord defeat the demons I want to be part of this Leela I want to support him um, so he thinks well I should come down as like the greatest warrior ever born or I should come back down as a superhero or you know stuff like that but then he thinks no 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 this is Rama's Leela Lila means divine play this is God's Vishnu's Leela as Rama it's his it's he's the star of the play that it that he is creating so I have to come as a secondary character I have to come as a more humble character what should I do what should I do what should I do I think I'll come as a monkey so Lord Shiva takes birth as Hanuman now now the fact of the matter is that Hanuman actually has three fathers and not literally fathers but He's considered to be the offspring offspring of three beings, and I'll tell you what happened. Uh, many years prior, there was a beautiful apsara. Um, you know apsara. You know what that mm-mm, means. Mm-mm. Apsara is is a heavenly maiden, a heavenly damsel, not a damsel in distress. She's a the, it's a it's a class. I guess not a class. It's a type of being uh, uh, that you could compare them with the muses of of greek mythology ah these um beautiful beautiful women who fly around all the worlds inspiring art and inspiring love and inspiring devotion um in poetry and music and and they're really you know there's so many instances of 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 uh, the beauty and benevolence of these apsaras so there was a sage in meditation in India, and um, you know I think he he, he was in samadhi for a hundred years because because in those days people lived much 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 longer. So he comes out of his meditation, and because he hears this beautiful music, you know this singing, and and who should the first thing that he sees when he opens his eyes is this beautiful, scantily clad Apsara dancing in, in the, in the courtyard of his, of his ashram. And, you know, dude's been like disconnected from his body for a hundred years. He hasn't, even, <laughs> he hasn't, uh, He's been, his heartbeat is the slowest possible heartbeat that can still sustain life. And, and, um, he opens his eyes and, and suddenly his, start, his heart starts racing and he feels this incredible passion and desire. And it completely freaks him out because here he has been in, in the deepest form of prayer for 100 years. And, and so like so many men of all the millennia, he becomes angry at the object of his desire and so he he curses her to become reborn as a monkey now there there's so many instances in ancient indian history of sages casting curses and and and, and in so doing losing all the the shakti of their practices and you know that it's that's another subject but but bhakti yoga comes not because of that, but how do I say like these sages are have not practiced devotion which which heals and nourishes the emotional body as well, where they're just in jhana or they're just in concentration, and so they they don't know how to deal with their emotions when they come out of their meditation hmm. well bhakti um not only teaches us how to well deal with our emotions but it 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 completely purifies and and empowers and awakens our our emotions in their most um spiritual well that's not the right word but in their most illuminated way that the emotions become our connection rather than our disconnection hmm. anyway that's an aside so so there's so many asides right <laughs> yeah so so this Apsara becomes born as a, as a monkey, a female monkey named Anjani. And Anjani, well, in the monkey aesthetic, Anjani is very, very beautiful. And and she becomes married to the king of this particular tribe of monkeys called, and his name is Kesari. So um, remember it says in the Hanuman Shalisa, Kesari Nandana. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so so Anjani and Kesari are, are, are living happily, and, but she doesn't have a child. And she really wants a son, but really, she just wants a child. And so finally, after quite a while, she, she's a devotee of Shiva. And she goes, they live in the hills, but she goes way, way up to the mountaintop to, to a very remote shrine of Lord Shiva and she starts praying to him and praying to him and crying to him and weeping to him you know her 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 prayer and her devotion and, and also her desire for a child are so strong and so passionate um so Shiva from from Kailash notices her she it it's it said that Shiva is very easy to propose Propitiate—I think that's the word that's used. It's very easy to get Shiva's attention, and and Shiva distributes his grace and his boons very, very simply, Uh, because his—he's called Bolanat, which means uh, the friend of the downtrodden. He's—he's always taking care of the people who are suffering, you know. Uh, um, So Shiva notices Anjani's prayer and, and. and he, he wants to answer her prayer. But not only that, he, 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 of course, sees how beautiful she is. Because in his eyes, monkey, human, it's, that's not what he sees. He sees the passionate devotion and the incredible like, love that she is um, expressing. And he, he becomes aroused from his mountaintop and, and begins to really gaze over at her. Meanwhile, the god of the wind uh, Vayu is blowing around the mountains, and he sees Anjani's prayer, and he see and he sees how incredibly beautiful she is, and he starts blowing all around her and getting really aroused as well. Meanwhile, Kesari is looking, where's his wife? Where's his his bride? And he he starts searching, and he comes up to the mountain, and he sees her at the shrine to Shiva, and he he so much loves her, and he so much wants to give her a son, and he's so taken by her beauty that he comes to her and, and uh, uh, begins to make love with her. And at that moment, Shiva from Kailash ejaculates, and, and Vayu, the wind god, captures Shiva's seed and carries it to Kesari and through Kesari's body into Anjani. Whoa. So I know this is a bit <laughs> of <outdated> story. But <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but so Shiva is I, I'm sorry. So Hanuman is the son of the wind, the the son of Kesari and the the incarnation of Shiva all together. And it says all that on the Hanuman Shalisa, But in all in the Puranas that, that's this is the origin of Hanuman's birth. Oh. Interesting. So Hanuman is, of course, born, uh, well, you couldn't even say powerful, because it's beyond that. He is Shiva, right? Right. Um, but then we all probably know the story of when Hanuman is a little baby. And, um, you know, actually, his mother named him Maruti, which means wind spirit. And he's also called Anjaneya, which means the son of Anjaneya. So, so when Mar- little Maruti was a baby, uh, Anjini was, was um, swinging him in his little cradle swing. And at the same time, she was cooking breakfast for him, a little porridge. And so she smells from the kitchen that the porridge is just about to burn. So she gives his little cradle a push and she runs to the kitchen. Now, in that one minute where she leaves little, little Maruti alone, Maruti looks up in the sky and he sees the sunrise you know this story, right? Right. Know. Did he thought it was yeah. a mango? He thought it was a mango. And he, and nobody knew that Hanuman could fly, but he he didn't even know it himself yet. He was a little little one and he jumps out of his cradle and flies to the sky to eat this mango. And he take, <laughs> he takes a big bite out of it. Now, as soon as the sun you know, a bite is taken out of the sun. Everything goes wacko. You know, the orbits and the this is and the thats and you know, the whole yeah, the whole uh, timetable and schedule of planetary movements get gets thrown off. Now, Indra is the lord of the heavens, the god of the heavens, and he's the he is the the master who who is almost like the the. I don't know what do you call it—the the secretary of the interior—or no. <laughs> uh, he's, he's the one that, just, that keeps everything moving: the the tides, the seasons, the sunset, the sunrise, the orbits of the planets. He he keeps it all going, and when he sees this this strange baby monkey taking a bite out of the sun he gets enraged and he throws his thunderbolt weapon at the baby and hits the baby and the baby falls unconscious to the earth pow Mm. and and breaks his jaw now in sanskrit the word for broken jaw is hanuman (laughs) so that's how hanuman gets his name huh but it doesn't stop there Vayu, the wind god, is so enraged that it, uh, that Indra hurt his child. So Vaya, Vayu takes Hanuman into an underground cave, and he withdraws all the air from all the universes. And um, so, you know, everything's dying really fast, because you can live without water for a while, but you can't live without air. And in, in in the Iota, you know, things happen very quickly, um, or, or I should say, time is very different in the God realm. All the gods go to Brahma who, who uh, and ask him, what are we going to do? And Brahma goes down to the underground cave and says, Vayu, you, you got to release the air. You have to release the air or it will be the end of everything. And Vayu says, I will release the air on two conditions. One condition is that Indra comes down to this cave right now and apologizes apologizes to my son and gives to my son his prim, primal weapon, which is the thunderbolt. And the second condition is that every god and every goddess come to this underground cave and give to my son their primary power. So... um there's no negotiating because there's no time for negotiation so brahma goes back to the heavens and brings everybody down indra first of all apologizes and gives to baby hanuman the power of the thunderbolt then agni gives him the power of fire varuna gives him the power of of water it goes on and on and on and on so so baby hanuman not only is he uh, all-powerful as the incarnation of Lord Shiva, he then be- gets the, the weaponry and powers of every god and every goddess. Wow. So, um, and, and this is like, before we even are discussing, like, well, what does Hanuman represent and what force does he embody in the world? We're not even there yet. He's still a baby. Wow, so- but he has
0: all these incredible
1: powers. Yes. Huh, cool. But as a little one, as we want our little ones to be, he's very, very mischievous. <clears throat> and he's very um, disobedient. And he's like a you know a little wild kid. Um, just like Gopala is a wild kid and a diso- disobedient, mischievous kid. So Hanuman gets into all sorts of trouble and 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 what he loves to do now during this era it was so important i mean i guess this parallels now too in our earlier conversation about the political or you know world landscape that on one hand we don't know what to do but on the other hand we know that the intensity and the depth of our practices and of our practice of compassion and and just just all the things from our heart we have it has to get stronger and deeper and stronger and deeper that that's what we need to do now to uh, or at least it's part of what we need to do now to offset s- so much bad stuff going on yeah well, in that era, this is um right before Rama's birth, also all the yogis and all the sages. Uh, they were increasing. They were multiplying their their pujas, their offerings, their rituals, their fire, their yagnas, their fire pujas, their meditations, just to offset the, just to try to balance the the wave of evil that was coming with Ravana. Now Hanuman, he just loved to upset these yogis and these rishis and these seers and mess up their practices. It, it, it was just like. This was his funniest thing that he loved to do, you know, steal the, the the butter offerings or the food offerings, just the, everything. And one day he went a little too far. There was a sage meditating on a on a small hill, a mountain, small mountain, and the sage was deep, deep, deep into into um, his samadhi. And Hanuman, baby, like young Hanuman, the little kid Hanuman, comes and he he lifts up the mountain. You now, Hanuman later becomes very famous for lifting up certain mountains, but he was still a kid then, and he lifted up the mountain, and he brought it all the way down to South India so that when the sage came out of his meditation, he, didn't, he wouldn't know where he was. So Hanuman is, is, is kind of floating there, waiting for the sage to come out of his meditation, and he starts laughing, and his, and his laughter pulls the sage out of the samadhi, and, and the sage sees that he that he doesn't know where he is. And, and he sees that this monkey has done this. Like, this has just gone too far. So the sage cursed him that Hanuman would completely forget his powers until the day that Lord Huddy asked him for help. Oh. Huh. Um, so then, you know, the story goes on and on and on. Um, you want to use five minutes just to... For me to tell you how I kind of met Hanuman? Yes, that would be awesome. Okay. So, when I went to India in in, um, 1970, I guess, or 71, I was going to see a guru uh, who I ended up not seeing. But, um, you know, I didn't, I knew very little about the whole Hindu story, you know, I mean, just. I didn't know that much about about this whole world, but I had, you know, I, I had very, very, you know, so much longing, spiritual longing. Anyway, to make a very long story short, I, I ended up, not ended up, well, sort of ended up, a week after being in India, I was with Neem Karoli Baba, Maharaji. And by that time, I had already given up on gurus, because I had such a bad Experience with the person that I was going to see, and um, I figured, you know, gurus—I uh, sort of had been there, done that—and I was 19 years old, and I was guru-free. And <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like gluten-free? <laughs> yeah, kind of guru-free. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was with Maharaji, but you know, I, I didn't have the feeling that he was my guru, and I didn't have, at that point. And I didn't have the feeling that I wanted him to be my guru or that I even wanted a guru. But at the same time, Maharaji was completely, um, magnetic. Um, he was charismatic, you know, in not the normal charismatic ego way. He was charismatic because he was so completely God energy that, that, um, you know, I had no other place that I wanted to go. So day after day, without any guru conclusions, I, I would go to 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 see Maharaji, go to the temple where he li- was staying and see Maharaji. And, and it was, you know, it was very amazing and very, uh, maybe the fact that I didn't have any desire for the guru thing made it even more amazing, you know, because mm. I was just there every day. Um but then one morning i went oh, and and where maharaji was staying was a hanuman temple so every day i would walk to the hanuman temple and bow to hanuman the statue and you know walk around the statue and then walk through the back gate into the back area where maharaji was and the hanuman statue was very beautiful but i didn't have that much i you know i didn't it didn't mean that much to me it was beautiful and strong feeling, but really, it was just what I had to do before going to the back, right? Hmm. So then, one day, I got to the temple, and as usual, I pranamed to Hanuman, and walked to the to the back gate, and there was a guard at the gate, Chokidar, and he says, um, you can't come in, and I said, well, well, what do you mean I can't come in? I've been coming every day for the last couple of weeks to see Maharaji, and the guy says, Maharaji left in the middle of the night, you can't come in. Hmm. And I said, I said, well, where did he go? And the guard said, he didn't say. And I said, um, well, when will he be back? And the guard said, he didn't say. Now go. And so in that moment, I realized how incredibly attached I had become to this. I had come. Wait, how incredibly attached I had become to this man um and my heart completely broke and completely busted open and i didn't know what to do hmm. and so i just walked back out and sat in front of hanuman and started singing and looking at hanuman and you know i i was in so much um despair and longing and singing and i think maybe that was the first time my my singing had actually connected with the deeper 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 part of my heart or my being I, you know i can't remember all that clearly but but i was gazing at hanuman and gazing and gazing and gazing at Hanuman and singing to god with with so much feeling of of longing and separation and that was when i first would say i met Hanuman. And I don't mean that in the cosmic sense. It's not like I had this divine vision of Hanuman and he stepped out of the statue and entered my heart. No, it was, it was not nearly that um, uh, um, cinematic. But I just, you know, that was when I began to have a connection with Hanuman. Huh. And since then, you know, in my own consciousness, Maharaji and Hanuman are, are, are so synonymous that I, when I sing to Hanuman, I'm singing to Maharaji, and and when I pray to Hanuman, I'm praying to Maharaji. Nimkroli Baba, hmm. and so, you know, the con- the connection is so t- close, and and so since that time, Hanuman, you know, in my home altar and and in my daily prayers practices, is really the center of my devotion. Now, uh, that's not to say he eclipses rama or eclipses radha and krishna it's not like that but he's my doorway in
3: Rigoru charan roja raja, ne jama namo guru sadhari, bara naraku bara kupala chari, sumiram kumar alamuni vendam dehu mohi haru kale sabega cheh anuman gyan gun sag cheh kapish tih ujaga amdurta atulita baladama anyani putra pavana sutana Bajarangi, Matindevara su Matike Sangi, Panchana Varana Biraja Subesa, Kananagunda Lagun Shitake, Atum Bajra Vajabiraje, Kande Mujajane Usaje, Shankara Suanakesarin. Tapa maha ragavan i avanu guni ratchatu rama ka jya at uchare trasunibho rasya rama lagana sita Imma Rupa Dari Sanghare Amachandra Ke Kanya Sanghare Ayesanyi jan gasa astro dogna na parabano Abu ta imadura paljan mere mukamahi chaladilangi <laughs> gaya che ga e a chera jan God, i a teja ape, you loca At the day on a churra, the Pachanadana Joe Law, Saba Paramatapa Sri Raja, Ina Kaja Sakala massage, Oraman or the Joe Coe Lawe, so amid Palapa. mar e para setan já 갔다 dia santo que te mal acabar tu run kandana ramul sadaro se sarva karei sankata kate mite saba peena chosu mere aroma thavala vida etejje aroma aro go guru devaki nay o santobara phakta kar avare la umana chavisa o asse di saquin gorisa la cida ssanare cera che de era de Mangalam sutasa hetu Damo so suramu marutanandan Sakala mangalam ulnekanandan Mangalam marutanandan Sakala mangalam Ye Ram ji Ram Shri Ram ji de
2: Jai Jai ja 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 om hum harma te namaha ja 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 om hum namaha om hum namaha om hum namaha om hum namaha Ja, 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 ja,